You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. Okay, we ready? Sound good in there? All right, cool. All right, uh, Alan Sherman, 12 Days of Christmas parody for History of Bad Ideas, take one. On the first day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me a Japanese transistor radio on the... What? Really? Um, all right. Okay, all right. I, I can do it. Okay. Uh, Alan Sherman, 12 Days of Christmas, Parody for History of Bad Ideas, take two. On the first day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me a history of bad ideas, I owe you. On the second day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me green polka dot pajamas and a history of bad ideas, I... What? R- really? Well, that too? Um, okay, all right. All right, okay, we'll, uh, we'll take it from the top again. All right, uh, Alan Sherman, 12 Days of Christmas Parody for History of Bad Ideas, take three. On the first day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me a history of bad ideas, I owe you. On the second day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me IOUs and a history of bad ideas, IOU. It's a Nakashuma. On the third day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me a counter book with the name of my insurance man, two IOUs and a. Now what? Are you serious? They didn't get the calendar book. Okay, uh, all right, fine, fine, fine. All right, can, can you just dub this in? Just, just dub this in. I don't want to start from the beginning again, okay? All right, all right, cool. Let's see, where am I? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three IOUs, two IOUs, and a history of bad ideas, IOU. It's better than money. On the fourth day of Christmas, Hobie gave to me. Are you... Really? Nothing? Not the whole thing? I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck am I doing this song for then? All right, fine. I'm, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I just, let's just get this over with, okay? 12 IOUs, 11 IOUs, 10 IOUs, 9 IOUs, 8 IOUs, 7 IOUs, 6 IOUs, 5 IOUs. Four IOUs, three IOUs, two IOUs, and a history of bad ideas, IOU. Episode number 104, the Floppy Awards for 2015. Second annual. Got a sold out crowd. Uh, One of our top fans, uh, Fish, is in the audience somewhere. 
Uh, you can't see him here. It's too crowded. It's very crowded in here. Very, um, very crowded. There's plenty of people wanting to, to be here for this momentous event. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you could have sent in your request on Twitter at Bad Ideas Podcast, on Facebook at The History of Bad Ideas, on Tumblr. I don't know what that is anymore. Um, and, you know, Elvar Network. So uh, let's go. Uh, we got one listener feedback tonight uh, before we start the show. This is going to be our monologue for the award show. Blake, why don't you take that away? Uh, listener feedback from Devin F. at Real Big Dev. If Idris Elba and Michael Fassbender got into a floppy fight, who would win? Ooh. Well, I think I saw your response, Jay, and I think I agree with that. What's that? We all would win. We all would win. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, it, it, nobody really loses in that. No, so. no. There's only winners involved in that. Michael Fassbender was taking... Uh, they have pictures of him dressed as the guy in Assassin's Creed this week that came out. Oh. Looks pretty damn cool. Is he the guy climbing up the building? No, it was just oh. him walking. There's oh, okay. a lot of haystacks around. A lot oh, of haystacks. He landed in one of them, <laughs> yes. I think. So, well, let's get to the floppy awards. Floppy Awards. Uh, for best one-liner of the year, there's not even a competition. We're just giving it. Uh, a lot of people liked it from episode 57. Everyone loves a shark-dressed man. From the Dip Man, describing the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, we're stretching back to January here. That is. That we is. haven't had a good one-liner since or since January. Yeah, so. That was only episode 50 what? 57. 57? Dang. 57. Seems like ages ago. Yeah, about 57 issue, uh, episodes yeah. ago. Uh, nope. No, 47 episodes <laughs> ago. <laughs> well, we are the podcast that can't count. There you go. That's right. A product of American schools. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got best comic book TV show. This is our second category. We're hosting this one. Yes. This one. We're, we're, we're giving this one out. The fans picked online on Twitter, had a poll, the Flash one. The Flash one. Uh, amongst the fans. Yeah, amongst the fans. All right. Nominees for us are the Flash. Arrow, Gotham, Supergirl, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or The Walking Dead. Or Jessica Jones. Or iZombie. So there you go. Did Daredevil come out this year? Yes. Daredevil's on there, too. Okay, <laughs> well, we just added nominations. So, last year, Gotham won. I think I cut. Oh. I don't know. We showed Lucky It Man. was all our number two picks, so <laughs> it, it won. What is your picks? What would be your top favorite this year? My top favorite, I, I go Jessica Jones, followed by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Blake, what are you going with? Uh, out of that list, I only watched Gotham and Walking Dead. So which one would you pick as your better one? <laughs> Gotham to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your Doug? You know, we get one vote, correct? Yeah. I'd, I'd like to say Flash, but... Come on, but, say Flash! But you know what? I want Gotham to repeat, so I'm picking Gotham. Oh! Yeah. Jason, what's your pick? You I, throw Jessica Jones, you can make it a tie. I had the Flash. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, Gotham wins! Gotham repeats. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Congratulations, Gotham. Well done, Gotham. Ugh, that's under protest. Nope. It wins. Fair and square. Flash should have won. Uh, worst new show of the year. New show of the TV year. We have nominees. Heartbreaker, which has not premiered yet, but just based on the trailer alone, it should be up there. Looks pretty bad. Yes. Dr. Ken. Which did premiere, unfortunately. <laughs> and is getting good ratings and is going to be renewed. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, God. Uh, Blood and Oil. Which has already been almost canceled. Uh, canceled. Yeah, I think they said, oh, well, this was supposed to be the next big thing, and wasn't. True Detective Season 2? That's not a new TV show. Oh, that's, well, that's a new anthology. I wouldn't say worst. <laughs> okay. I'd probably say maybe disappointing. Uh, and Sex Box on the Wii TV. Women's Entertainment. This one. Uh, this is what entertains women, apparently. Couples enter a big blue box, engage in sex, and then merge to answer questions from a team of sex therapists. Why? Because, said one a sex expert on the panel, post-sex, people are the most vulnerable and honest. Okay. So, I, uh, we have all agreed, the worst show of the year, even the Dr. Ken gave it a run. Dr. Ken tried to be worse, but... Sex, sex box. box. Well done. <laughs> well done, Sex Box. Well sex done. Box wins the floppy. Uh, last year, there was a two-year-way well, tie. Well, post-session post, post <laughs> floppy, yes. <laughs> 
Uh, last year was 2014 was Bad Judge and Utopia. Do you remember those shows? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I do. So, uh, okay, so now we have our first guest host of the night. Uh, we are doing Best New Show of the Year, presented by Meg and Marty, formerly of the Minions Minute. Hi, I'm Meg. I'm Marty. I used to do a podcast. And I still do. It's called Golf Strategy School, but... We're here on Hobie to talk about the best new shows of 2015. Yeah, and these are shows that premiered in the year 2015 for the Floppy Awards. And our first nominee we have here is Daredevil on Netflix. Bum, 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 bum. Second one coming from the American Broadcast Company is Agent Carter. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> because Peggy Carter's British. Our third nominee. That's how all British people sound. Our third nominee is from the CW, and it's iZombie. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, good old CW shows. They're quickly becoming some of my favorite. Our fourth nominee from, again, the American Broadcast Company is Quantico. And our fifth and final nominee from Amazon is The Man in the High Castle. You may have noticed that they're almost all sci-fi shows. We uh, have a type. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that kind of fits in, though, with, with the overarching Hobie theme. What we did to come up with our rankings here is we looked at a, a couple different criteria. Well, a little more than a couple. Uh, we looked at... Seven. Is that what it was? Seven? Yep. Okay, I'm glad someone can count. Um, I just why I'm a good golfer. I have to keep the numbers low so they're easy to add together. We looked at overarching <laughs> plot with Serialized versus Monster of the Week. There's a kick-ass chick. Yep. Uh, we made sure that there is, well, we weighed whether or not there's an awesome hero, whether or not there's a great villain. Character development, which yep. is super important. Exactly. And then also the acting, writing, and cinematography kind of an all as, a, as one category in terms of like production value. And then lastly would be the secondary and characters. Most important, I think, for a great show is to have an awesome supporting cast and secondary characters. Well, absolutely. You definitely need to have that to get in there. Our winner uh, by, let's see, what was it? Three and a half points yep. was Daredevil from Netflix. Now, Daredevil, if you haven't watched the show, is super intense. Um, <laughs> it's, it's way darker than you've ever seen anything from Marvel. And I think it's the second episode has like a four minute uncut fight scene, which just knock your balls off. It's amazing. I can't watch it alone. Actually, he has Marty has to uh, watch with because watch with it's me too, so I can hide. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too intense, <laughs> so I can tell you when it's okay to look again. Yes. So yeah, it's it's an awesome show. Great villain uh, from Vincent D'Onofrio, and I forget the actor who plays Foggy, uh, but also uh, the character Karen Page, played by Deborah Ann Wool. Great, great characters. Uh, awesome production value, just flat out fun. Are tied for second place. No, it's not tied for second place. Oh, it's not it tied for second, second place. place. It wins Man in the High Castle on its own, which is from Amazon, which is a super intense again, <laughs> alternate, but it's a different kind of intense. It's an alternate history, um, sci-fi kind of show based on a book by Philip Dick, and it's what if Germany had won the had war. won World War Two. I think that's a pretty awesome premise, and, just you know, to take that standpoint. Yes, and it's got a great villain, and Hitler um, <laughs> is kind of the big villain, obviously. Obviously. Yeah, I but, gave up my career as a painter. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some really fantastic, and this is the thing that's crazy, and what makes this such a good show, in my opinion, as far as character development and acting and stuff. You sympathize sometimes with the Nazis. <laughs> And feel like shit for it. Not all of them in general, but you get to know That's enough. It's a sign of good writing. You learn enough about the villains and the characters on the show that you can kind of feel for them. And then Tide, there's the tie that I was talking about. Tied for third place is Agent Carter and I Zombie from ABC and the CW. The thing I liked about Agent Carter is it was a nice stopgap for the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe, and it set up some things that we may or may not see coming in the future, which is always cool. Uh, what were your favorite parts of iZombie? Uh, Rose MacGyver's acting is fantastic for me with iZombie. It, and it's just a fun... It's it's a fun show. If you haven't seen it yet, give it a chance because it's it's really a delightful show to watch. It's in its second season, but it premiered in March. Excellent. Well, that is our nominee of the... Those are our nominees and our winner, Daredevil, for the best new show of 2015. Congratulations, Daredevil. The floppy is all yours. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Meg. I'm Marty. See ya. Bye.
you, Megan Marty. Yes, was... thank you, and congratulations, Daredevil. Yay! Uh, next, we're moving on from the TV world, TV world, we're going to the comic book world. All right. Uh, we are doing the best comic book title of 2015, presented by Snake Ola Comics. All right, so throw this away to Dev and Travis. Take it away, guys. So the guys over at uh, History of Bad Ideas yep. have tasked us with uh, awarding the 2015 floppy for uh, best comic book or mm. series. And uh, we have a... Now, hold on. We had some rules. Yes, we did. What were the rules? Uh, the rules were it had to be a book published this year. Uh, it had to be um, widely available. So it had to be either electronic or distributed through Diamond or some other means of receiving it. Yep. And uh, pretty sure that was it. Yep. And we also kind of tried, since we know so many people who create comics, right. we tried to not pick anybody. Um, Unless they nominated themselves. <clears throat> and uh, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> we tried not to pick anybody that we, uh, that we knew. Um, just to, to keep us from nominating ourselves, um, you know. I thought you might nominate me, but I forgot you're a piece of shit. Well, there's only been one book, so it's really hard to oh, judge it. You're a real <laughs> son of a bitch, Devin. It's not even true. Well, there's been okay. There's been two separate titles this year, but there's only been well, I guess Bionni's had two released electronically. What a piece of garbage. Well, well, that's all right. 2016 is going to be my year. <laughs> anyway, uh, so the nominees. Wait, where's the music at? It's, it's there. Oh, you suck I just turned it down a little right, bit. That's fine. The nominees are. Big Man Plans, uh, published by Image Comics, written by Eric Powell and Tim Weiss, uh, and art by Eric Powell. Yay. Uh, number two is uh, Rat Queens by show favorite Curtis J. Weeb and art by Tess Fowler, and it is also by Image Comics. Hooray! Nailbiter, uh, also by Image Comics. I'm feeling there's a trend here. Yeah, we didn't do as good as I thought we did. <laughs> uh, by Joshua Williamson and art by Mike Henderson. Yep. Uh, coming up next is Cowl by Kyle Higgins and Alex Siegel. Also image, Jesus. Yep. I didn't even realize that. <laughs> and art by Rod Rice. And then to round out the, the five nominees, we have Howard the Duck by Chip Sadarsky and art by Joe Quinones from Marvel. Here's the problem. <clears throat> We don't read very much from the big two anymore. No. And we read a lot of stuff that is super, super indie. Yep. And so that leaves us with pretty much just image yep. books. And the one uh, person we had write in for a uh, a listener choice was Ryan. And his oh. choice was Punisher because it's oh, the idiot. fucking Punisher. Idiot. <laughs> so though, that's our that's so our the thing list. is, does he even read the Punisher? Uh, yeah, he reads the Punisher still. I mean, could he make a reasonable argument that, like, oh, yeah, Punisher is really good, and this is why? Well, his reasonable argument was it's the fucking Punisher, so. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a reasonable argument. Well, it's Ryan. But did not make the list. Our list is Big Man Plans, Rat Queens, Nailbiter, Cowl, and Howard the Duck. All right. So we debated this for, mm -hmm. like, a good two to three minutes. Yep. And... Um, the winner is Big Man Plans by Eric Powell. Yes, it's fantastic. It's a four-issue series. Uh, the trade is coming out very soon. Uh, I actually saw Eric Powell hold up a picture, take a picture of his early release copy yep. and post it to uh, the Twitters. The Twits? Uh, the Twitters, yep. So... Uh, Curtis Curtis J. Weeb came in a close second. Uh. Well, we we both I think both really like Rat Queens. Mm -hmm. um, I think we both really like Nailbiter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we both 
Um, I, I would honestly put Cowell in a little bit of a class below those. Mm -hmm. But I also, at the same time, I also think it's incredibly creative. Yep. I think it's a new and different way to do a superhero book, yep. which normally I would be against. Yep. And I think the art is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So I think it deserves to be on there, even though my personal taste would put it below the others. I think Howard the Duck was on there because... We felt like there should be a Marvel <laughs> title. Well, Howard the Duck was uh, was good, but uh, it was... Is it legitimately as good as at least those top three? I would put it pretty close to Cowl. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a lot like um, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, where it's kind of slapsticky type humor. Which is one we were thinking about doing yeah. until we discovered that none of them came out in 2015. It, exactly. So, uh, so Howard the Duck made it. I mean, partially because we just needed to throw a Marvel book on there. Yeah. Um, so I guess we have a couple of takeaways from this for ourselves. Mm -hmm. One, maybe we should try a little harder to read some more of the big two stuff, especially if we're going to dog it so much. Yeah. Um, though I, there's only so many hours in the day, Devin. <laughs> yeah. There is. Um, two, I am, I'm really disappointed. And I, and I have read some Dark Horse stuff. I just yeah. I, None of it that I read was like, would I say is better than any of these image books? Yeah, the I, only thing I, I could think of was uh, X, uh, the series X, but uh, oh, even that was, I mean, I wouldn't put it top five at all. Yeah, um, but, you know, I just wish, and the same thing with IDW, I've read some IDW mm -hmm. stuff, I just wouldn't say that any of it was on par with Rat Queens, Nailbiter, or Big Man Plants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Cowl. Exactly. Um, so... And also, I mean, IDW—it's some of it has to do with licensing. There's just yep. they're just mostly doing licenses, which are a different animal. Right. Um, yeah. So either uh, we need to expand what we're reading on the new stuff mm -hmm. a little bit further, or next year just do the indie awards. <laughs> or well, I mean, we've read a ton of indie stuff. That, yep. That uh, you know, a ton of underground stuff yep. or not widely released stuff and things like that. Some of which have been incredibly good. Yeah. Torso Bear, which or sometimes is incredibly bad, but <coughs> Torso Bear uh, is should be shipping very, very soon. Well, I'm very excited. I got uh, Little Tears by John Scrivens just the other day. Yeah. He's a Torso Bear guy, and it is really cool. Uh, we do have a couple copies for the shop, so if you're interested mm -hmm. and you're in the Saginaw area, get in here and get a copy of Little Tears. It's yep. uh, probably not available anywhere else in the United States. <laughs> Right, Pigman Plans. I have not read it, but I think I now have to go out and get it since we are giving it the floppy. Now from the best, we are now giving it to the most disappointing comic book of 2015 presented by Graphic Novice. VF, Nickel, take it away. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the 2015 Hobie Awards. We have been asked by the boys at the Bob Studios to present the worst comic of 2015. We kind of thought that was a little harsh. Yeah, Because, it was. you know, creators, they, they put a lot of effort and work mm -hmm. into these books that they produce. So for Great. internet trolls and crappy podcasters to get on and say, man, these guys really do suck. It's kind of a... It's not a very... It's not very nice. Nope. So We're way too nice for that. Right, yeah. And, right. you know, and so, you know, we just decided to change this to the most disappointing comic. This was a book that we were just anticipating, we were excited for. We camped out in front of the store, waited till 9 a.m., got the funny looks. When the store finally opened and we ran in there and grabbed our book, we were called nerds, geeks, losers, and told to get out. Mm -hmm. And when we got home and read these books, we just sat there. And cried into our little anime henshay pillows. Yes. I have many of those. I do too. So, without further ado, Craig, if you would do me the honors of presenting our nominations. The nominations for the 2015 Floppy Award for Most Disappointing Comic Book Series, Miniseries, One-Shot, or Event are Image Comics... Trees. Trees. That's right, Snake Oil Comics. Trees. DC's Convergence. Marvel's Origin 2. The sequel to Origin 1. Uncanny Avengers Volume 2. Also by Marvel. Uncanny X-Men. 
also by Marvel. Amazing X-Men, also by Marvel. And Alan Moore and Avatar Presses crossed plus 100. VF, do we have a winner? It appears we do, Craig. I await anxiously. (laughs) And the award for most disappointing comic of 2015 goes to... Avatar pressed cross plus oh. 100. <laughs> that was a bad one. So, why was that your most disappointing comic, VF? Well, first of all, it's Alan Moore. Yeah. You, you you would think, you know, as a a a, a well beloved seasoned veteran of the comic industry, he would be able to produce a story that captures the imagination of, of, of all his fans, loyal readers, lovers of the genre. Yeah. And then do it and, and write it in a way that would not frustrate anyone in any way whatsoever. But no. Not no. in this case. No. No. No, I was super excited to read Alan Moore's take, to, take on Cross. I was excited to actually read a Cross book because our one-time co-host and close personal friend, Doc Thirst, is a huge fan of the series. And on both accounts, it uh, it didn't go well for me either. So we are in agreements. Avatar's pressed, crossed, plus 100, the most disappointing comic book series of 2015. But just to be fair, all of those nominations were very disappointing. Yes, they were. This one, and, it, this one won because of the way he wrote the book. You had... To have to go back and reread a book maybe at least twice mm, to, seven to times. understand, the, in some cases seven, to understand the language of, you know, of what's going on. The, the slang terms he used and, you know, I understood what he was going for. It's set in the future. There's not enough, you know, education while you have these crazy ass, you know, diseased people trying to kill, mutilate you know, sex you up people, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you don't, you don't got time for some schooling, but you, you think maybe he would just sprinkle like it, it in occasionally in a book, but no, this was full on just his own Terrible. language. Yeah. So the and all those things you mentioned yeah. excited me. The art was good actually. Yeah. But that's was... how bad the rest of the book was that despite good art, this was still the most disappointing book of 2015. Yes, yes, it was. I stuck with it longer than uh, even yeah, Doc. Even yeah. Doc stepped away and said, I can't stand this shit. Yeah, it was bad. Anyway, I guess we should let the boys from Hobie have their show back. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Have fun, guys. Adios. Oh, I should have said, here's to it, folks. Damn it. Some people just want to watch the world burn. really think everybody gives trees a really bad name. I really think anything about trees is exciting. Very disappointing, guys. <laughs> Tree, trees are evil. We've seen the happening. Yeah, that's true. And the happening, too. Electric Boogaloo. Right. Uh, but next is best, best theme music slash Hobie musician of the year. Ooh. Nominees, Draft Day by El Hano. Storytime with Blake by Chris Bednar. Opening to Hobie by Chris Bednar. Face Off by Jason Brigger. Oh, I hope to God Jason Berger doesn't Face off! Face off! Face off! I want to take his face off. (laughs) Guys, who would be your winner? I have to go with the opening to the theme. The opening to the show. Chris Bednar wins. Chris Bednar wins. We probably should have presented that when he was here. No. No, it's okay. No, I'll get it in the mail. That's right. That's right. Congratulations, Chris. But but we're all winners because of that. Yes. Even, Even Heno gets a participation ribbon. Floppy. And you participation floppy. floppy. Yeah, you do too. Uh, Heno, I appreciate it. It was good, very good song. Ho, um, you know, Chris Bednar wins just because it opens our show. So It brands our show. Yes. Plus, he's local. He could come hunt us down and do physical body harm. Yes. Bodily harm. With his floppy. Uh, most disappointing film of the year. Nominees are Avengers, Age of, Ult- Age of Ultron, Fantastic Four, Spectre, The Good Dinosaur, Tomorrowland and Terminator Genesis. Last year's winner was Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, yes. Now, I've heard a lot of bad things about Tomorrowland, and I know you've been very disappointed <laughs> at it. 
But I think universally accept expecting this award to go to the Fantastic Four. Wow. Blake, what do you say? I would have to uh, agree with all of these films because I didn't go see them at all because I knew they would suck ahead of time. Didn't you see Terminator Genesis? Oh, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> so you paid to see that. That might be your most disappointing. I did pay to see that, although I thought Arnie had some funny lines in it. Okay. So who's your choice? Terminator or all? All of the above. Okay. Doug? You know, I think Fantastic Four yeah, probably was the worst. I wasn't expecting much, so mm-hmm. I have to go with Tomorrowland because I was expecting a better film. You know what? Tomorrowland is the winner for the floppy. Oh. I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, just because I was expecting so much more from it. Because it's Disney. <laughs> is that why it sucked? That's right. I don't know why you're expecting a whole lot of, hey, we got a thing designed after a, a park in our park. That really is the tomorrow of 1960s. It hasn't been tomorrow since the 80s. Yeah, they should have just went with Land. It was an original movie. It was like, okay, this, you know, people always gripe about, oh, nothing's original, everything's sequels. So you think, okay, they got some new new ideas. Let's see what they did. And it was blah. So now you wonder why everything is sequels. (laughs) Thank you, Tomorrowland. Yes. Biggest box office bomb of the year? Easy. Uh, there was no nominees. Uh, we got a couple. Well, we do have a couple. Seventh Son Box made seventeen million. Box. Gross uh, budget of ninety five million. Score on Rotten Tomatoes twelve percent. Uh, let's see. We also have Jupiter Ascending forty seven and a half million gross budget one hundred seventy six million twenty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And Black Hat gross eight million budget of seventy million score thirty four percent which was higher. And lastly, Mordecai, 7.7 million, budget of 60 million, score of 12%. I'm going to have to say, uh, I think Jupiter Ascending might be the worst. What do we have to say? I'm going Jupiter Ascending. Oh, I, I was leaning towards Mordecai. 7.7, 60 million, 12%. I mean, when, when you throw all your money at Johnny Depp and expect it to be good, uh, yeah. I, I thought it would was going to be at least quirkily enjoyable. But I didn't even go see it, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, Doug, you going Mordecai? Uh, I'm going off off ballot and have to say Gem and the Holograms because it lasted one week. <laughs> one week. You know what? I'm going to switch over. I'll flip flop. I'm going Mordecai too. That you talked me into it. Yep. Mordecai, welcome. Mordecai, uh, yay! We assume you don't want your floppy, but it's in the mail. Uh, finally, let's get some last one. Uh, best comic book film of the year. Ant-Man. Is it the last one? Oh, no, no, no. For the movies. Oh. Uh, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Avengers Age of Ultron. Fantastic Four. Nope. Nope. <laughs> well, not with Kingsman. Kingsman The Secret Service. Because these are the only four comic book films of the <laughs> okay, year. All right. <laughs> that we know of, anyway. Uh, and last year's winner was Guardians of the Galaxy. The winner of this year's uh, comic book film of the year. I'm going with Kingsman. What do you think? I'm going with Avengers Age of Ultron. Kingsman. I was going with Ant-Man. Kingsman wins! Woo! Congratulations, Kingsman. I'm changing mine to Ant-Man. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, We did have an idea for best Hobie guest. Jeff Morris, Amy Amy Whalen-Dager, Nick Carmesino, Paul the Dipman, Nickel, Bednar, Joseph Brennan, 365 Flix Podcast. We can't just pick one. We can't. Doctor number one won last year. He kind of creeps us out this year. I, I, I think we. Um, can't oh, Doug number one fan is on the right. I think we can't pick one because I, he's here for the Fabio Awards. I didn't even Awards. get nominated. <laughs> you didn't well, Doug wins. <laughs> Congratulations! He showed up for the award ceremony, so you win the award. Would you like thank anybody? I would like just to say to all the other nominees, suck it. Okay. <laughs> well then. He's a little gracious bet- winner. <laughs> He's very Bednar-like. Uh, then, uh, let's go like to... I <laughs> like Bednar. Uh, El Heno. He's got us for, and Angela, for Hello. the abs of the year. All right, so take it away, Heno and Angela. You got your script? I got my script. All right. Hello, this is Heno. And this is Angela from Angela's Awesome Podcast. As a health and wellness podcast, we are presenting the 2015 Floppy for Best Abs in a Motion Picture. And the nominees are Matt Bromer, Bomer, Bomer, 
Joe somebody. <laughs> Manganiello. Good. Adam Rodriguez. I got that one. <laughs> Tanning. Tanning? Yeah. Tatum? Or is Tate. this... Is this just the cast of Magic Mike XXL? Uh, really? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay. So, well, okay. So I really searched the internet for like great abs in a motion picture this year. That's good because I could care less. Yeah. <laughs> when you, well, guess what you get? You get Magic Mike XXL. You oh. Get, that's all you get. Is okay. that? Well, I'm sorry. You did get Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, um, yeah. Because he oh, did a good. boxing movie, We I love think. him. There's probably some other boxing movies. but uh, And I'm inherently lazy, so I figured, well, let's just let's just nominate all of Magic Mike XXL. Excellent job. Okay. Excellent job. So, now, the winner. The winner of the 2015 floppy for best abs in a motion picture goes to... Where's my drum roll? Chris Pratt for Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that movie. Oh, wait. Wasn't that last year? Yeah, it was. Uh, but I, it's I'm sure Chris I've Pratt. Watched, I'm sure I watched it both years. <laughs> but Chris Pratt still deserves it. And it came out on video because Chris Pratt is awesome. And he went from being this really round, soft, cuddly dude on Parks and Rec to just this ripped dude on Guardians of the Galaxy. And it was awesome. So I think he deserves it for 2015, too. I do, too. And I just want you to say that as Angela's Awesome Podcast, we also liked him before he had ripped abs. Yes, we do, too. Yes, we do. And he's an inspiration that you can, too. If you want to shapeshift, you can do it. And he's also an inspiration that you really don't have to. If you want to just be the size he was before, you'd still be awesome. Because that's what he did after he got done. Yay. Good for him. Okay, I like him better. He said, this is what Chris Pratt said. He said, he said, you know what? This looks great. I like it. It's not me. I'm going to go back to who I was. Yes, okay, now I'm on board. (laughs) Now I'm on board. I told you I had a method to my madness. Okay, now I'm on board. And thank you, everyone. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt abs. Let's take a minute. Mm. All right, moving on. Michael Leal and Michelle. From Who the What Now? Who, Who the, the What, what now? now? What? Uh, they are now, nominees are for the Professor Xavier Douchebag of the Year. You got it wrong again. It's the Scott Summers Douchebag of the Year. No, it's the Pre- Professor so, Xavier. So, Mr. and Mrs. Leo, take it away for the Scott Summers Douchebag of the Year Award. Hey everybody, this is Michael. This is Michelle. From the Who the What Now podcast, we will be announcing the nominees for the Professor X... Douche of the Year Award. You're, you may be thinking, is Professor X a douchebag? Do your research, and I think you'll find that he is a douchebag. <laughs> At least now. <laughs> so, uh, just to preface what, what we're doing here, we are going to give you a few nominees of characters from shows and uh, any kind of media from the past year um, that we've actually watched. I'm sure there's a bunch of other douchebags that we haven't seen <laughs> on shows that we don't watch. Uh, and there may be spoilers, so uh, hold on to your hats. Here we go. Um, first up is Morgan from The Walking Dead. Morgan won't kill people who are killing his friends right in front of him. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> right. Um, and then he goes out into the woods, meets some dude, and gets psychoanalyzed and then trains with him for three weeks, and he's a Zen master in the zombie apocalypse. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> right, you can't be a pacifist in, in the zombie apocalypse when everybody's dying. Yeah. He's that guy. He's the guy you knew in high school who was really into Hacky Sack and The Grateful Dead for like three weeks until he was into line dancing and Garth Brooks. And then uh, three weeks after that, he's into hip hop. Right. And you're he's like, that guy. Yeah. And then um, he takes in one of the wolves because he's wounded and locks him up and he thinks he's going to change him the way that the Zen Master guy changed him too and it's not working because of that he puts everybody in danger and then when somebody comes to kill him he defends the guy even after the wolf says that he's going to kill everybody he's like i'm eventually going to get out here and kill everybody (laughs) and while he's uh defending the guy and um keeping him from being killed he escapes and knocks everybody out and then kidnaps dr denise yeah so it immediately backfires (laughs) so smart stuff douche douche Okay, next up is Nicholas from The Walking Dead. A lot of douchebags on this uh, on the season of Walking Dead. Nicholas is like a super douche. He uh, first off, when you meet him, he's a runner for uh, Alexandria. Gets his whole crew killed. Uh, Glenn and the other guys meet up with him, go on a run with him. He gets 
a lot of people killed again. One of Deanna's sons, and then Noah. And Noah. He gets, in the most like, horrific way. Yeah. In the revolving door. Skin, and Glenn almost died then, too, but he got out. Glenn calls him on it, gets back to the, the, the base and calls him on it. He tries to kill Glenn. He draws him out of, out of the, the, the compound into the woods and tries to kill him. And Glenn kicks his ass. Glenn kicks his ass, spares his life, saves him from the walkers. He tries to regain Glenn's trust. Go, hey, you know, believe in me. Um, I could do this. I can, you know, I'll just follow your orders or whatever. And so he does. They're surrounded by zombies. He's up on a trash can with Glenn. They're going to die. They're trying to think of a way to get out of it. So instead of helping Glenn get out of it, he kills himself and falls on top of Glenn and pushes Glenn basically into a pit of zombies. Even in death, he is a douche. 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 The next nominee is the real Dr. Harrison Wells from Earth 2 mm-hmm. on The Flash. He uh, accidentally creates metahumans in his world. Mm-hmm. Uh, he shows up to Earth 1 and is being a dick. And he's not sorry that he looks like the guy that murdered Flash's mom and all of his friends. <laughs> he, he is actually pretty annoyed that everyone keeps like calling him on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, ah, that's not me. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, like it's not suppo- <laughs> like it's not weird. Like, yeah, who cares? He tells everybody about Zoom and what Zoom's doing, and Zoom's sending all these crazy people to Earth One to uh, to kill Flash. Um, but he doesn't tell anybody why he's fighting Zoom. Which the reason is because they Zoom kidnapped his daughter, but he which, doesn't tell anybody. Which that. is a good reason. You should start off with that. Hey, Zoom kidnapped my daughter. Let's work together. And Please help me. Yeah, <laughs> but he doesn't want to seem weak. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Being a dick. Okay, he gets Flash to agree to fight Zoom, who is very, very, very strong. He doesn't really express that, I think, enough. Right. And he he gets him to follow his shitty plan. Yeah, it's a shitty plan. <laughs> um, and then Flash loses and he's crippled. Um <laughs> And so he's just like, oh, okay, you guys couldn't beat Zoom, so I'm just going to go back to Earth 2. See ya. <laughs> Uh, dude, you just came here and fucked everybody up and you're just going to leave? <laughs> yeah. And he's and he's just like flipping about it. All yeah. right, bye. Yeah, douche. Super douche. Okay, next up, uh, The Flash himself from The Flash television show. Now, we love this show. I actually like this show quite a bit. However, but you have to admit, every third episode, The Flash makes a really fucking stupid choice and it ruins everything. Come on, Barry. Barry, come on. He goes back in time to save his mom, but just doesn't do it. <laughs> terrible i was like what the fuck <laughs> why are you not doing this <laughs> he's instrumental in causing a, a, a rift in space time because of all that <laughs> he gathered all the rogues and emma which is already a stupid that was idea the stupidest thing i was like what are you doing he just puts them all in a, in a truck like oh yeah this is gonna work uh and they all get away <laughs> and, and laugh at him and laugh in his fucking face <laughs> Like, you thought that was gonna work? What are you, stupid? <laughs> he illegally stores rogues in cells. Underneath their base is like a bunch of little little cells or whatever. And what were they built for in the first place? I forget. They, they explained it. <laughs> okay. But um, he puts them in there illegally, just like he just kidnaps people and throws them the in police there. Police don't know about it. There's no toilet in there. There's no bed in there. They just stand in there. They're standing up in this in this thing, in the same clothes uh, year after year. <laughs> What do they do? Where do they poop? Are they frozen in there? Do, do, do they feed them sandwiches or anything? There's no food. Who monitors that? They turn off all the lights on them in the middle of the night? When and they, they just come in and like taunt them and then walk away? Yeah, they usually come in and question them and berate them. And they're like, and, they're like, and then those guys are walking back and forth going, I'm going to fucking kill you one of these days. And at this season, he's just straight up murdering people. They keep doing that thing where like, you know... Uh, uh, Adam Smasher comes to town. He's absorbing energy. He's like, oh, well, let's feed him a bunch of energy and then overload him. And they do, and it mur- and it kills him. <laughs> they do that and, every episode. And they do that. They've done that several <laughs> times this season. And they just keep killing people. And he's like, he's not even sorry about it. No. <laughs> Which seems unlike him. The other, I, I just want to say that he's constantly lying to girls. Yes, you think that's more douchey than I do. but <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't listen to Earth 2 Flash, who's fought Zoom a bunch of times before. Rushes into a mission uh, to fight a much stronger Zoom uh, with a stupid plan. Gets himself crippled. So that's on both of him and and Wells, okay? He did this to himself. He just rushed in. Now he's crippled and he's all sad about it. He gets post-traumatic stress disorder. He, he just cries a lot. Okay, Tony Stark from Age of Ultron. Again, I like Tony Stark. I, I like Iron Man and I like the Avengers and stuff. Uh, but, Iron Man's cool. But he's a douchebag. Because he never listens to reason. He always thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He usually is, but 
he always thinks that no matter what. And he's, this hubris makes him like take it upon himself to try to create Ultron, which is an amalgam of Hydra technology and Hydra AI and Loki's staff that he starts tinkering with. He doesn't even understand it, which is actually an Infinity Stone, and uh, which creates Ultron and almost gets the whole world destroyed. All this happens totally unapologetic. <laughs> still thinks he's right, still thinks he's doing the same thing, even though he almost gets the world destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> douche. Like I can't, you can't argue with that. He's a douche. Douche and Team Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and he does it again too. Even in the movie, he even does it again later on, mm-hmm. and it results in um, Vision. But still, it's still like, why are you doing that again, <laughs> douchebag? Okay, and finally, the last nominee, uh, the man in the yellow hat from <laughs> Curious George. Now, these are shows that we watch. I watch a show every day with my daughter. Every day. Twice a day. And it's become very apparent to me that he is a douchebag. I'll, I'll tell you why. First of all, he kidnaps a monkey from the jungle and takes him to America and stuff like that. Doesn't go through customs or anything like that. No, no <laughs> legal channels. He has Curious George do his errands for him that he has no business doing because he's a fucking animal. <laughs> He like he sends him. He sends. He's like, oh, I'm sick. Uh, can you go get me some medicine? And he sends the the, the monkey to the pharmacy, and the pharmacists are like, oh, here's your drugs, monkey. <laughs> so he forces the whole neighborhood to just deal with it. Yes. Uh-huh. He lets him fuck up all the time. Uh, like, well, there's one time where he floods the entire apartment building. The entire apartment building because he like because um they had dinner. He's like, okay, George, I'm leaving. You can go do the dishes, and like he. he Obviously fucks up the sink and stuff like that, and there's water everywhere. Causing thousands of dollars in damage to not only his apartment, but, like, the entire apartment building. And somehow they still are allowed to live there? Yes, and he's like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> like, he's, like... <laughs> the neighbors are, like, laughing. He's oh, always, like, slightly just like, oh, oh, it looks like you set everything on fire. Hmm. I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and nobody calls him on it. Nobody, like, goes, you know what, you should probably not have a monkey. <laughs> um, like, he leaves him alone with, like... Priceless dinosaur bones at the at the museum. It's like, well, oh, nothing knows wrong, bad's gonna happen. Let's just leave this monkey just like, crawling all over the shit. Um, they go to like this. They go into outer space. They go to the bottom of of the sea with minimal supervision. <laughs> douche. Okay. Douche. And the award for biggest douche of 2015 is the man in the yellow hat. And I'll tell you why. Because George is not even a fucking monkey. <laughs> He's an ape. He's an ape. He's clearly an ape. He doesn't have a tail. Nope, no tail. His arms are longer than his legs. Mm-hmm. He's like walks kind of a little hunched over. And you, he works at a natural history museum. He should know that. <laughs> big old douche. Big old douche. <laughs> and the runner-up is Nicholas from Walking Dead. <laughs> All right, guys, that concludes our segment. Listen to Who the What now. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> you catch us on Who the What now on Stitcher and iTunes and Danger Entertainment Network. And back to the Hobie guys in the Bob Studios. Thanks. Thanks. That is correct. I did not see that coming. That's what she said. (laughs) Now switching gears, Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops, awesome geek of the year. Bat Boy and the whole city of San Francisco won last year for changing the whole city into Gotham. This year, Batman-themed. The Batman who passed away, he built his Batmobile, and he donated all his time to the hospitals and, you know, showing up and bringing gifts and acting as Batman. He was killed on an accident on the side of the road. Um, So, yes. So, there we go. That is the Scott Summers Awesome Geek of the Year is the Bat... Lenny Robinson. Thank you. Thank you. Couldn't think of his name. Good job. And uh, then we got the Best Impression of the Year. Uh, this is by the 365 Flicks Podcast. I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, take it away, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, the host of the 365 Flicks Podcast, my daddy Kev and my uncle Chris. Hello there, Hobie listeners. First, let me start by saying how hugely honoured we are to be here presenting the Floppy Award for Best Impression tonight. Yes, Chris, I would like to second that by saying it is truly something to be stood here on the grandest award stage of them all. You know how they say that the Golden Globes are a good indicator of who will win at the Oscars? Yes, Kev, I do. Well, the Floppies give you a good sense of who will be winning the Razzies this year. Best Impressions category is one not to be taken lightly. 
for it takes true mastery and control of one's vocals to truly pull off the best impressions possible. You just have to look at tonight's nominees to see that these thespians of the vocal arts have honed their dulcet tones to rank up there with the greats. People such as Kevin Spacey as Christopher Walken. Kevin Pollock as Christopher Walken. Jay Moore as Christopher Walken. And let's not forget the very best of all, Eddie Izzard as Christopher Walken. As you will find out, the 2015 nominees have been nothing short of outstanding. So much so that making our shortlist has been no walk in the park. <laughs> wow. So what say we just dive right into the nominees who have made the best impression on us in 2015. See what I did there? Impression on us? Best impression category? Yay. So here are tonight's nominees for the 2015 Best Impression Floppy Award. The guys at We Hate Movies podcast for their impressions of Keanu Reeves as Kevin Lomax in Devil's Advocate. He probably did eat a thousand pancakes and you know it. He diddled that girl while he ate those thousand pancakes and you're going to defend him. How do you think them girls learn special places? (laughs) You fucking hogbees. That is way too many pancakes, hogbees. Are you out of your hogbees pancake eating mind? The biggest diva in the business, Jason Brigger, of the history of bad ideas. His impression of Remy LeBeau slash Remy LeCroix. Put my name in there, so. I did do, I did do a couple Remy LeBeaus, not Remy LaCroix. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did quick, a couple Remy LaCroix, I'd be impressed. Yes. <laughs> Uh, oh, I sound exactly like Remy LeBeau. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm a porn star. <laughs> I got this big hole in dildo. <laughs> I charged it up. <laughs> God, that's so Wow. That's just not even funny. I take my impression seriously. Yeah. Jeff and Blake from History of Bad Ideas podcast for their take on a Hollywood exec asshole. Yeah, you know, I usually tell those Hollywood assholes, just, you know, <laughs> keep their genitalia in their pants, let the fanboys make the movies and roll with it. Let them do it instead of screwing it up and trying to think of ways like, well, let's put Thing in Deadpool 2. <laughs> uh, we gotta put the uh, Torch Boy. Um, gotta put Torch Boy in G.I. Joe. Uh, hold on. Freaking idea of what they're doing and they just keep fucking it up. I'll put uh, Dr. Reed in the uh, Stretch, Dr. Stretch Armstrong. Uh, movie. And then they get tangled up. Uh, stretch monster. Yeah, with doom. And Plastic Man comes in and saves the day. Uh, uh, give me another one of that coke. Adam from What Culture Wrestling for his relentless John Cena impressions on his YouTube's channel. So right here is where we would normally roll the clip. However, YouTubers do not like us doing this. So here's Kev and Chris doing their impression. <laughs> Those Conspiracy Guys podcast for their impression of Young Me, a very good Chinese friend of theirs. You know, like, if you're, if you're going to follow some guy that, that is a suicider, that's God's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that's, that's obviously an impression of Young Me, who's an idiot. <laughs> but, uh, like, uh, Young Me is a Chinese friend of mine that, that they've done it for me. He used to say those terrible things when we were kids. <laughs> Why are you like Nirvana? <laughs> <laughs> He's a suicide, sh- man. He's going to shit. <laughs> You listen to Pearl Jam. They're much better singer. Much better production. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, Young, he was a fucking dickhead going around saying stuff to people. And finally, 365 Flick's very own Chris Richardson with his sterling impression of Eric Cartman singing Wicked, Wicked, Wild, Wild West. Remember this one, Chris? Right, I'm going up to Big Metal Spider. <laughs> right, okay. Well, I'm a bad bad. Well, I'm a bad. Uh, not, well, my badass cowboy living in the bad cow. Oh, uh, not man. Well, I'm not on the X Factor. <laughs> Just that reason. Why well, my badass cowboy living in the cowboy days? Wiggle, wiggle, crash, yo, yo, bang, bang. Me and the animus fly from Gus Silver to Gus Silver. Me and the animus fly from Gus Silver to Gus from the big man spider. A week, a week, a week, a week, a week. You know, Chris, I hear it's customary at these awards for the winner to give the presenter a special gift in appreciation. That's right, Kevin. I'm hoping that our gift bags will arrive just in time for Christmas. Exactly what kind of gifts do you get from an award show called the Floppies, though? It's a hard one. <laughs> so, Chris, 
Let's open that envelope to find out who has won the most coveted award of the night. Well, Kev, we had a tie. Earlier today, we tried to present the awards to We Hate Movies and those conspiracy guys, but they wouldn't accept our floppies. By default, therefore, the winner is... Jason Brigger for his impression of Remy Lucrow. Well done, Brigger, for winning Best Impersonator of 2015. I've been Kev. I've been Chris. And this has been our impression of how to present an award, I guess. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I demand a recount. That could not have been right. I would have, uh... I would have uh, passed off my award to Blake and his Hollywood Studios because I do get a kick out of the Hollywood Studios. Ah, ah, what's, it take, what's it take to get that Jason guy? Yeah, get that Brigger from Hobie. Yeah, let's get him in there. Yeah. Coach Boy. Yeah, <laughs> Coach Boy and Hobie, yeah. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Oh, that hurts. Sign him up now. Contract. I do declare. Uh, so, uh, final guest, ho- uh, sorry, final guest presenter is Neil and Annalise from Dark Angels, Pretty Feet. Uh, it is the Neil's Glistening Dude of the Year Award. Alan from the Gemstone Network won last year. <laughs> uh, I think there's some stiff competition this year for the floppy. Ah, see what I did there? Ah, uh, no. Okay, take away, Neil. Hey, everybody. This is Neil and Annalise from the Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks podcast. And uh, we are here... Once again, for the second annual giving away of the Hobie Award to the most glistening person or people or thing stuff. Floppy Awards. That's what it is. Floppy <laughs> Awards. And, uh, totally forgot. Floppy Awards with, for History of Bad Ideas. Yay. So uh, before we get started, uh, we wanted to say congratulations to History of Bad Ideas on their 100th episode pretty amazing we came around at about the same time we're inching up there as well so and also wanted to say thank you for all the uh support and friendship that uh the gentleman <laughs> of history of bad ideas has given us yay and you can hear the dogs Woo! in the background because they're very excited for <laughs> congratulations well. hobie yeah suck it oh wait no wait, no wrong one <laughs> so uh <laughs> Uh, let's get on with it. So right. the Floppy Award uh, nominations for the most glistening person or people of the year. Uh, here are the uh, nominations. I'm going to say <laughs> nominations like 75 times. <laughs> the nominees are. Nominees. LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, Reading Rainbow. Woo-hoo. Do it. John Bon Jovi. Because, I mean, it's John freaking Bon Jovi. <laughs> the Patriots. They win the, the Floppy for most glistening every single minute of every day. In your heart. Especially Tom Brady. <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Yes, because she uh, rocks. Although she got rocked in her last fight, but that's okay. That's so. all right. That's still rocks. La- Laverne La- Cox. <laughs> because she's awesome, too. She's awesome, too. Um, the dog is really getting into it, too. Sorry about that. Yeah. We're also, the dog Nothing but awesome. professional here at Dark Handles of Pretty Freaks. That's what you've learned to expect from us. Yes. And so, the winner of the 2015 floppy for the most glistening person of the year goes now we're gonna kind of call an audible here because we decided honestly the most glistening people is us so we're actually gonna give (laughs) we're gonna give the award to dark angels and free creeks the most deserving and uh really the most glistening floppy holders ever so, you don't want to hold a glistening floppy. <laughs> I, actually, I do. I know I you do. To, oh I'm my a gosh. big fan of holding oh my, my glistening gosh. floppy. So there um, you are. Congratulations. To us. <laughs> Freaking best damn award handed out. We should just hobie the shit out of this and give awards to everybody. Yeah, everybody gets an award. 25. But uh, thank you, guys. Uh, congratulations. You guys are awesome. Let uh, Thank you for letting us be a part of the floppies and thank you for the award Uh, we've earned it (laughs) (laughs) we're out
I didn't expect it to go any other way. Uh, I don't think that's really allowed, but we're going with it. So congratulations. Hey, they had my vote. <laughs> yes. Blake was my vote for glistening dude of the year. Yeah. You do glisten. I even put on some sparkles today. <laughs> and tassels. He was expecting to be able to maybe... Uh... Give my acceptance speech. <laughs> Final category of the night. Canadian of the year. Which you gotta admit is final category that is kind of funny because we're not Canadian, but we give the Canadian of the Year award. Well, it's the most anticipated. It is something that all Canadians should aspire to. It's the most uh, highly sought after and most fought over. Uh, The most polite way, and we can be both because we did. Uh, (laughs) Nominees: returning champ from last year, Nickel from Graphic Novice. Can he repeat? Evangelina Lily from Ant Man. And my dreams. What? Yes. <laughs> well, they're not dry. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Fillion. Welcome, Nathan. Welcome. Clear front runner to win this. He's one. in the front row tonight, so appreciate that. Uh, TPC Podcast. So he the always. Pop Culture Cafe. Yes. He always, always sends in questions. We appreciate that. And finally, Heno. We figured Idaho is close enough to Canada that he qualifies. Yes. 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 So. Especially now that he looks like Aaron Eckert with a beard and glasses. Doug, would you like to say anything? Who do you think? I think it should be Heno. Why do you think that? Because mm-hmm. I don't want Canadians coming into our country and taking their awards. I get it. <laughs> I want to keep the award in America. 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 That's right. Uh, Jeff, who's your pick? Uh, I know Nathan Fillion's the front runner. I do. Yeah, he is. He is the front runner, but Nickel bribes much, much better. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, we, we we got some good swag from Nickel. So, we did. So this is this is close down to the wire. I okay, think. Blake, have you got anybody? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I I'm gonna have to go. As much as I want to give it to Heno or Nathan Fillion or Evangelina and Lily. Or the Pop Culture Podcast. My fifth choice, but I guess it's going to be my number one tonight. Is oh, no. It's close. I'm going Nickel. 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 So we have Nickel and El Heno. Tied. It is a split victory. How are we going to do a floppy off? One, ball, one gets a ball, the other one gets a ball. <laughs> they split it down the middle. <laughs> Um, share the floppy. Unfortunately, Henna is not here tonight. He's off filming. Uh, I don't know what he's filming, but he's filming something. Uh, but Nickel from the Graphic Novice podcast is here. Well, he's fighting his way upstage. Uh, I don't even care if it's a tie. I want to be able to give my speech. Uh, Nate, he just pushed Nathan Fillion down. Oh, in your face. Wow. Whoa. I don't know. Good thing you guys can't see this. This is a bloodbath. Yes. <laughs> I think he just killed Nathan. Uh Go ahead, Nick. Oh, wait, wait, no, wait. Someone's... No, no, no. He's taking my microphone. Oh, wow. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, this this is unbelievable. This this might be the best day of my life. Um, thank you so much. I, I, I guess I need to thank... Uh, I, I need to thank God, Jen, um, Ben... Scott and BF, uh, all those guys. I couldn't have done it without you. Um, I, I I didn't think I was going to win in 2014. To do it two years in a row, um, this is unbelievable. Um, I know it's cliche, but just to be nominated um, with this group w- was an honor. Uh, Dave Meyer, Fillion, Nathan Fillion, uh, yeah, always bridesmaid. Hey, buddy, um, suck it, suck it, Fillion. Um, so, sorry, this isn't the time for that. Um, yeah, this is this is magic. Um, uh, the history of bad ideas, bake sales. I will continue to do those. I will represent the, the podcast, uh, the floppy awards, and, and, and Canada, all of Canada. Um, yeah, I'm I'm beside myself. This is this is wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, everyone. Have a great night. Give me that back. No, no. Get security. All right. All right. Sorry for the interruption there. Uh, He did take the floppy. Well, yeah. He took it. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone. So, uh... Well, I suppose he won then if he took the floppy with him. Heno, go talk to him. (laughs) Uh, So, everybody else, thank you for listening this year. Uh, We hit 100 episodes. Yes. So, uh, next year, uh, we'll be back uh, next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> next year is next week. Yes. All right. So, anybody want to say closing do- comments? Doug? 
How was your floppy award win? Oh, it was fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Jason, how was your win? It was wonderful. Uh, we're going to go celebrate now, Doug and I, because we're, we're the floppy winners. I suppose i got to go sit in the loser's lounge with Nathan Fillion. Yeah. <laughs> and Evangelina Lilly. <laughs> Nobody loses with that. <laughs> Blake, you want to say anything? Uh, see you next year. Best color band business for nothing. Uh, <laughs> Jeff? Goodbye. Okay. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Stay geeky, my friends.